Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 52, where today we're talking about a controversial subject when it comes to emotional eating, and that's planning. And I'm specifically talking about planning a binge or an emotional eating episode in advance. Let me share this little story. I have a client who came in to see me last week. We've been working together for a short while, and she's really making some progress with her emotional eating mastery. She's being more aware of the thoughts and feelings that trigger her. She's trying to write that stuff down and unpack it. She's even learning some new coping skills. But last week, she sat down in the chair and said, I don't know what to do. Christmas is coming. And I said, okay, knowing that Christmas is coming is not really an explanation for anything and that she would get to saying what she really meant And she continued and said, here I am trying all these ways to cope and deal with my life, but I have to go home for Christmas. And it's not like I can bust out my journal when my mother upsets me or to work out what I'm going to say before I say it. I'm not going to be able to just get up and go for a walk in my brother's neighborhood when I'm maxed out and can't handle anymore. I can't take a bath at my husband's parents' house. Here I am trying to build these coping mechanisms, but I'm about to find myself in a place where none of these skills I'm learning and practicing are going to work. I've even started planning which stores will be open around Christmas and how I can make sure I get access to and have food that I can sneak eat and cope. She said this last bit through tears. I'm actually making secret Amazon orders and planning to smuggle my sneak eating foods home so I will have them when I need them and can eat emotionally. I feel like such a failure, like I'm taking two or three steps back. Have you ever felt like this? Caught yourself doing this? I know I have. I've done this. Similar and even worse. But I pressed for a few more details about what she was doing, the logic behind it, and even what foods she had chosen. And it was interesting to me that originally, her sneak eating binge foods of choice would have been some sort of baked good, like cake or donuts or something similar, usually of a cinnamon or spice variety, like spice cake or cinnamon rolls thick with icing. But she had determined that wheat-based products made her feel sluggish and stuffy in her sinuses, so she was trying to stay away from them. She had also been cutting back on her added sugar intake. Obviously, this made finding what we typically think of as binge-worthy foods that much more difficult. In the end, She had settled on a box of 10 food bars. 
Interestingly, she told me that they were whole food based and the only thing quote unquote wrong with them was that they used erythritol as the sweetener to make them sugar free. She went on to explain that she was going to carry one in her purse for emergencies when it got too hard to handle. But at this point, she had dissolved into tears because she felt weak and powerless and like she was never going to get control of her emotional eating. And as you listen, you may be feeling the same way too. So I wanted to get her and you a little perspective on the situation because it was and is, though obviously not seen by her, this was actually a success. This was actually a win. And before you say, what the hell are you talking about, Christy? She's planning to eat emotionally. How is that a win? Let me explain. First and foremost, our goal here at Off the Wagon isn't to eliminate all emotional eating. After all, in order to take all emotions out of food, you'd have to, one, only ever eat out of hunger, two, never eat in celebration of anything, three, never eat with others lest you feel a sense of communion or actually bond with someone, number four, never eat anything to simply try it out, number five, never feel good about your food again. Food should be nutritious and fuel your body. But eliminating all emotional eating seems unreasonable. It sounds hard, if not impossible. And it would probably make food and eating a joyless endeavor. Our goal, in my opinion, should not be the complete elimination of emotional eating, but the mastery of it. This is to choose the why when, where, and how of emotional eating. To be mindful of our thoughts and feelings so that when we do choose to eat emotionally, we know why we're doing it. To remove the food labels and listen to our bodies so that those emotional eating moments don't have to be health damaging and emotionally crippling events that cause guilt and make us descend into a pit of despair. So this was a win for my client because she was already in her normal everyday life doing the best she could to mitigate and master her eating. She had looked into her future and assessed that it was possible that these new coping skills weren't going to serve her and weren't going to be enough in this unfamiliar and out-of-the-norm situation. Looking ahead could give her a moment to think outside the box. If none of her new skills were going to be available to her, were there any she could modify to make work or something new that maybe doesn't work at home that could be leveraged to work outside the home or away from home? And knowing that she would be surrounded by those easily bingeable and sneakable foods like Christmas cookies. She made a choice 
to try and eliminate some of the damage of eating emotionally by consciously selecting a healthier alternative to have on hand when and if it was needed, instead of resorting to whatever was available when and if she finally did give in to the urge to eat to comfort herself. But to me, one of the biggest wins of all was something that was almost completely overlooked. See, my client has notoriously high expectations for herself. She expects nothing but 100% effort and 100% success from herself. Of course, being human, that's rarely the level of success she gets. But what that means is that she's normally and regularly feeling down about her level of progress. That level of expectation, the 100%, the need to have it be and have herself be perfect is completely unrealistic. It's superhuman to expect that you'll get it right all the time. And that's what she was focusing on when she realized she was planning for her emotional eating. She expected herself to 100% completely eliminate her emotional eating. And because she found herself planning it, then according to her, she 100% failed. But beneath this overly harsh judgment of herself, there was a knowledge and wisdom about herself that was actually breaking through. There was obviously a part of her that knew she wasn't perfect and acknowledged that she was going to be out of her element. And instead of attempting to brute force some sort of super strict restriction and deny herself any comfort she could find, she was trying to find how to make the best of a bad situation. This is really important here. Somewhere inside her, she was acknowledging that she wasn't always as strong as she wished she was. And instead of berating herself for that weakness, which we all have, by the way, she accepted the possibility of unplanned eating and was attempting to accommodate it in a way that would cause the least amount of damage. This is actually mindful eating. This is emotional eating mastery. You know, they say that failing to plan is like planning to fail. And you're probably saying, but she was actually planning to fail. But here's the thing to remember and recognize. Just because she takes these foods with her doesn't mean she will eat them. In fact, having these safety net items with her, in my mind, is similar to having aspirin in her purse just in case she gets a headache. Just because it's in there doesn't mean she will take it. It just means that she has it in case she needs it. Of course... We'd all like to not succumb to our triggers and those urges and impulses to eat. And she could, obviously, head into Christmas without that safety net of food. And if she was able to make it through, she could be proud of herself. But she knew enough about herself to know that historically, she hasn't been strong enough to do that. So she decided to prepare for it just in case.
Denying your weak spots aren't there doesn't actually make them not be there. Trying to brute force and power your way through an intense holiday or situation will really only make you miserable. And should you turn out to not be as strong or not have as much willpower in the tank as you hoped, well, then you're going to feel worse, which won't actually prevent it from happening next Christmas. So after I explained how I saw the situation and what I felt like it really meant, a success and a win, she was able to calm down and reset. And from that place, she could begin to think about ways to handle the stress and the noise and the travel and all the things that would create anxiety for her, that would actually work for her when she was in someone else's home or on the road or in the airport and the like. So here are a few of the ones that she liked the best. She said she might not be able to go for a walk but she could always step outside for a few minutes to cool off or get some fresh air. And it oftentimes is hot in a home where there's lots of people or lots of cooking going on. And it also can be really helpful to give your nose a break from all those food smells. So I agreed, I thought this was a great idea. She said she could excuse herself and go to the bathroom. And there she could do some deep breathing She could listen to her favorite tune or some affirmations or even read a few pages of a book or something else like that to help get her calm, grounded, and center again. Again, I thought this was a great idea. Her last suggestion or item was she said that she could ask the hostess if there was something, a food that needed preparing or a chore that needed doing that she could focus on and take care of. And I thought this was a really good idea, too, because it gave her something to focus on that was not food-related, would create some activity, something that she could do to focus any sort of anxious or nervous energy, but it also would make her feel helpful and might actually, you know, pave the way with her hosts so that they might, you know, feel more friendly towards her. I thought that was a really great idea. And I think it's also important to mention here that she made the commitment to herself, not to me, that she would try at least one of these things before she resorted to eating. I personally felt like that was a wise choice. And even though she was only focused on her perceived failure when she came in, I felt that she was handling the situation in a very mindful and adult way. My only other suggestion might have been to try not to eat in secret if she does choose to eat food to comfort herself. But progress is always progress and we should always take the progress that we can get. So I hope that this real life example and seeing how even a self-labeled failure moment can actually be a success in disguise has been helpful for you today. If you are struggling to think about how you can deal with the upcoming holiday season or an upcoming situation where you're going to be out of your element, where you're finding that your new uh, coping skills and mechanisms that you're working on may not serve you, 
If you think that you might need a little bit of assistance, I would love to talk to you. Feel free to reach out to me on Facebook at fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall, or you can find me at my website, www.christyrhall.com. Thanks so much for listening today. Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you soon.